This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones. I'm Jarvis Davis. That is Tanitra Batiste. She's back. She's somewhere around a place shaped like a boot. You know, I'll let y'all fill in the blanks. I ain't going to say it. You know, if she want to say it, she can say it, but I ain't going to say it today. T, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks, man. I'm good, except I'm dealing with the nastiness of humidity. We think there's a lot of humidity in Atlanta, but sorry. The New Orleans metro area, Atlanta ain't got nothing on us. So I am like in this scorcher, but hey, cool to be home. It's cool to be home, and we are figuring this thing out. And we're going to got a lot of good stuff on board for you today. Um, Terry Fontenot is out here running at the Yapper about open competition. Yeah, we'll talk about all of that because we've heard that movie before. Um, and uh, the Braves, they're starting to do their thing. I think, I think they got this thing figured out. And last but not least, in For the Culture, we'll be discussing drake being really disrespectful all, all that is coming up but before we get into before we get into terry Fontenot, i definitely want to say a, a quick thank you to all of the people who have liked and subscribed to our youtube page that's locked on sports atlanta go to the search engine just type in lock on sports atlanta and we'll pop up and make sure you continue to do that and follow us on all of the audio platforms we're streaming on all of those wherever you download download your podcast that's exactly where we are. And if you've done so already, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Now, T, uh, Terry Fontenot was doing an interview on Pro Football Talk. You know, Mike Florio, the guy, you know, heads that thing up. And he has some interesting things to say of as far as about training camp, right? And he yes. started talking about the 53 and, mm -hmm. start, and there was a, a one quote that it just really just stood out to me. He said, mm -hmm. he said, we're going to have all 90 players mm -hmm. all competing to be part of the 53. Right. And on a weekly basis, they're going to be competing to get a jersey on game day to be mm -hmm. one of the 48. Yes. And this seems to be a theme here because I, I, I'll, I'll take you back to when Arthur Smith was was speaking about the running back competition. He was um, yes. answering a question in response to Tyler Algier about, you know, as far as playing time and, and what that's going to look like. And, and uh -huh. he basically said it's going to be wide open. So yeah. here you have the head coach talking about things being wide open. And here you are talking about Terry Fontenot, talking about an open competition, even at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. A lot of people assume that Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. Right. So is, is this for real? I think so. I definitely think so. Literally, and the rest of what he said is, to answer your question, and as it relates to him saying competing to get a jersey, Terry Fonda went on to say, quote, that's truly how we see this. We'll continue to add competition at every position, and that's what's really exciting about this. So, yeah, I believe that they are saying at every position. They mean what they say because they're, they've been consistent. Arthur Smith has said it. Terry Fonda has said it. And then the draft picks and what they've done in what they did in free agency also says it. So yeah, I believe it's truly an open competition under center. Yes, Marcus Mariota is going in as the de facto 
QB1. But I don't think that that's something that is etched in stone for 17 games, not by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think that it's necessarily the case that he's going to be QB1 come opening day. And you and I talked about this as well when we talked about some of the uh, draft picks and whether or not they would actually start game one or whether mm-hmm. we would see them as starters a couple of weeks down. So that's that other piece to it, Jarvis, that I see. Whether or not Marcus Mariota finishes the season as the starter or Desmond Ritter finishes the season as the starter, I do think it's wide open. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's cool, right, because – you know, we've heard in a previous regime under Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, they talked about open competitions and yes. going out there competing and toughness and all that stuff. And it, that wasn't necessarily the case. A lot of times yeah. guys came in and they were deemed starters and that's what it was. And it kind of yeah. stayed that way. And, and, and to be honest with you, I don't care what locker room you're in. I don't care what level you're on. Mm-hmm. When you're in a locker room where you know guys are going to start and you don't really right. have an opportunity to start when you have a pretty good idea that you should be, you right. know, especially when the people are in front of you aren't that good, right. that, that, that's an issue. That can, that can turn a locker room really quickly. And, and i give you a quick example. Um, I, I talked back – probably about a, f- a few years ago, right before Julio Jones um, got traded, um, I was talking to a source close to the team, and he told me that Julio Jones, when Cam Newton became a free agent, he said that Julio Jones requested that the Falcons sign Cam Newton. Mm. And, of course, they rebutted that. And when they did, his response was, I thought we were out here – I thought everybody out here trying to compete for a position. Ha-ha! <laughs> So if the superstar of the team is sitting here saying, hey, this is what y'all need to do, and to validate what you're saying, I, I think that, that says something. That says how that locker room was and, and probably give you a, a peek into why that, that, that regime ultimately failed and everybody ended up getting fired. And, yes. and Julio Jones is probably no, is no longer around. So it kind of gives you a peek into what that was, but I think – the difference now with, with Terry Fondo, uh, them saying, I, I, I'm starting to kind of believe that because, you know, you, you, see, you, see, the, you see the plan, right? We always talked about yes. how division, right, and, and writing it out and making it plain. And he wrote it out in the draft, you yeah. know, by drafting the Justin Schaefer because, you know, you had issues at guard last year. You know, and if Jalen Mayfield doesn't get better, Shoot, somebody's probably going to be coming for a spot. Or whether that's Jermaine Effetti, if he goes down and bumps down and plays guard as well. So there are a lot of things that, you know, um, I think that are in place that I believe, I'm starting to believe this message that they're trying to convey. Yeah. And Arthur Smith showed us last year that he's willing to mix things up and shake things up at any position. And you mentioned it, the one that we saw it at the most was at uh, on the O-line and some of it was for obvious reasons due to injury but some of it was because the quality of play just never rose to the level of his expectation so yeah I I do believe that this might be the first time at least since you you and I have been covering the team and maybe even you as a longtime lifelong fan have seen that the back office and the field generals meaning the sideline generals actually do mean what they say in terms of no this is really a wide open competition the other thing i thought about was this drive is that puts people on notice now you and i have Mm. talked about the fact that with the hawks that was something that 
somewhere around the trade deadline when mm-hmm. Travis Lincoln had enough. He literally basically said everybody was on notice that anything could happen. And his expectations were that everybody step up their game. And so now we're seeing something very similar right now right. with the Falcons, where they're basically putting everybody on notice and saying, everybody, everybody, whole roster, you're on notice. I say, and, and I, you know what? I started jotting, when we kind of talk about this in our pre-show meeting, I was just saying, I started jotting down some names that I know for a fact that they're going to be starters. Yes. However, they're not going to act like it. They're not going to yes. act like it. So bring up my trusty sheet here. Yeah. All right. So I have two on offense and two on defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AJ Terrell, Grady Jarrett. Yes. Let me go on to the offensive side. Jake Matthews. Chris Lindstrom. And I know yeah. probably you're probably saying to me, YouTube viewers, well, what about Drake London? He still has to earn it. Like, right. you know, you, he still has to learn the offense. You never know. He may be a slow learner. Who knows? But I'm talking about as far as guys coming back from last year's roster, mm-hmm. those are the four people that I have that are going to be start. You can, you can put it in pen. You can put it in permanent market. Those guys are going to be starters day one guaranteed, and they're going to do everything in their possibilities, in their, in their being to make sure they, they can, t- they keep that and, and succeed as well. So I, I'm, right. I'm not too concerned about those guys, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting come July. Yeah. And I'm not concerned about Kyle Pitts either. Either I'd add him on the offensive side that he would right. be that day one starter too. Yeah. He'd probably, he'd probably be around. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. What I like about what Grady Jarrett says, even though we're pinning him in as a starter at the tackle, what he said last year, and he was consistent with this across the entire season was he wasn't taking his starting position for granted. Right. He was taking it as an opportunity because he knew that he would need to prove himself to DPs being under that defensive coordinator for the first year. Now, here's what I see in what we're going to see this year. I don't think he's going to be looking to prove himself, per se, to DPs, but I do think he's going to be looking for that partnership and showing himself as a leader to say, hey, wherever Dean wants to use me in this defense, I'm up to the challenge. And by him showing that as an example to really everybody on the defensive side of the ball, I think what that does say to them is if our leader is willing to show his best, bring his best and bring that competitive spirit, even though he knows he's pretty much penciled in as a starter, the rest of us better show up too. And we better show up in that same way, A, if we want to be a starter or B, if we want to retain our starting role. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I think I think the, the whole Pease and Jared relationship, I think I don't think Jared would agree to an extension if he didn't feel that, you know, Pease had a plan for him and had a, a and respected him, you know, who he is not only as a, a player, but who he is as a man yes. and off the field as well. And we know that Pease thinks very highly of yes. a one great Jared, that's for sure. And we respect you for sticking around right here on atl day ones but coming up next oh i saw nephew running get out of a pickle last night <laughs> i ain't seen that since Deion sanders we'll talk about the braves getting a, a dub last night and yeah. oh, man, yesterday afternoon excuse me uh right here that's coming up next on locked on sports atlanta welcome back to atl day ones i'm tanitra this is jarvis and thank you guys for rocking out with us again today and for rocking with the entire Locked On Sports Atlanta network. So listen, what does that mean? That means you can check us out. You can check out A to Z with Mark Zeno, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, whether that is on any 
platform where you check out your podcast as far as the audio piece is concerned. But if you want to see our beautiful faces, you can check us out on YouTube. Yes. You can subscribe, you can like, <laughs> or you can follow us. And always put in the search, Locked On Sports Atlanta, boom, all of us will come up. You can hang out with any and of all of us throughout your day. Now, when we talk about rocking with somebody and we talk about rocking out, Jarvis, now we always rock with the Braves, but the Braves definitely rocked out and balled out in the series finale against the Mets. You and I talked about this a couple days ago when we previewed the series, that our hope at a minimum was that the Braves got the split and they went there to Queens and they took care of business with a 9-2 win last night. So many positives that we saw in that game, especially one key component there, which is runners in scoring position. That has been a challenge for the Braves this entire season. And they the really them. got <laughs> Yeah. They really got it's after it because you talk about yeah. the fact that they scored a combined four runs in the doubleheader on Tuesday and they come back and score nine runs on Wednesday and they did it from all directions, which was great. And also, Jarvis, we were looking at the starters for this entire series and hoping that we would get a good start out of Ian Anderson. And we got just that because he only allowed one earned run, which is fantastic. I believe he uh, struck out four. Uh, I'm sorry, struck out one, which that's still solid. But also, it may not seem like a big deal, Jars, but we know we've also been talking about the pitchers having some challenges with bases on balls. So for him to only allow four to walk, I think, was huge yesterday as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that was the thing about him, you know, it's okay to, you know, allow some walks. But I think the thing with him, he was able to get out of the situation, whether it be getting ground balls. You know, he's been Mm -hmm. doing really well with that this year. And to get guys going into double plays so he can get out of the inning. And, you know, when you get those double plays, it just says something. It just kind of – it says something to how – you project like a, a certain a sense of defeat on the on, on your opponent, right? Because yes. you know they had a, a, a runner on base or a runner mm-hmm. in scoring position or a couple runners in scoring position, and then you get that double play. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh man, all that for nothing. We got to start right. over next thing. So you know, for him to go five in the third, you know, and, and give you you know that good, you know, like I said, only give up one run. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely great. That's that's great, and I love what I saw from Ian Anderson last night and. It was just, it was just a pitcher's duel, you know. Just yeah. for, you know, going through those first few innings, and I was just like, man, somebody needs to do something. And you even heard, you know, uh, Chip Carey uh, on the call was like, oh yeah, let's see if we can get some here. Oh, let me see if we can get some here. And I was like, man, stop saying that. You right. Know? Just and let them get it. <laughs> like, just let them get it. Let it happen, you know. And then eventually. And when they finally, and then when the uh, sixth inning rolled around, <laughs> they were like, "He was like, see, I told you." I was like, "Yeah, if I said it a hundred times every inning, yeah, right. I say yeah. I told you so too." Like, come on, Chip. Like, come on, man. Give, give me a break sometimes, you know. But you know, Chip's fine. I don't have an issue with him. But uh, I think the Braves, you know, were you know really look. Um, they look really good. And when you think about what. Heredia did, you know, with the, the yeah. big catch. You know, it, it looks like he probably would have stayed in the park if he didn't catch it. But, you know, that, that was a, a huge defensive catch. And then to come up with the two-run bomb, to take the Braves to nine uh, runs, that that put the game away. I was like, there's no way they're coming back in. And then when Darren O'Day comes in the ninth inning, you know, he gives up the solo home run. But, you know, it's like, all right, cool, you know. Yeah. And then, he, you know, finishes out the game and you know that's what you like to see 
when yeah. you, you know you, you your, your regulars are don't have to come in the game when you don't have to see a killing jansen i love it you know? right. <laughs> like sign me up for that i want to see yeah. i want to see more of darren o'day's in the ninth inning because there's not a save opportunity going in so that's that's mm -hmm. that's what i've been looking forward to yeah and there were a couple of things that you mentioned uh you know definitely i, I would agree with you in terms of um also just looking at the defense the defense has been something that day after day week after week kind of game after game the braves have gotten quickly back to themselves on defense right and so they've mm -hmm. been looking pretty stellar on defense and something that you said as well when i was thinking about ian anderson and i saw this cool stat and i was like wow improved to three and two over the mets doesn't seem like a big deal right but the 2.6 era and five starts at new york ballparks what that tells me is hey I have some success when I go to the, the upstate, right? So I loved mm -hmm. seeing that as well. And, um, you know, like we talked about the four game split, but I said, okay, we're going to be petty because the New York Mets fans are petty. So we're going to give you a little pettiness <laughs> here as well. And I saw right, this exactly. It said with the four game split, the Mets' streak of series wins to start the season has ended. Yes. <laughs> and so I said, hey, you, we talked about the importance not just of on the field, but off the field as well, what this could do in terms of the Braves riding the ship and getting them some momentum. And how often have we seen a team get momentum and really hit their stride against their nemesis, against the uh, their, their rival, and in this case, against the team that currently sits atop the division, right? This could really be a springboard for them as they uh, head into a series a weekend series against the Brewers, right? So I just like on so many levels, I think this probably boosts Ian Anderson's confidence because he's getting back to the Ian Anderson that we saw last season. Like you said, we haven't called Guillermo Heredia's name out a lot this season. Mm -hmm. So be able to talk about him and what he did in the game last night as well is positive. And as always, we, when we see nine runs on the board, we always want to see that that's not just a product of solo shots, right? Not right. that you would see nine solo shots, but again, you want to see singles mixed in there. You want to see doubles mixed in there because that's really what helps when you look at the runners in scoring position. That helps to advance those runners when we're really getting out there and every opportunity to go to the plate actually counts for something. And, you know, and that's exactly what happened. You know, when you look at – um, Travis Darno getting his first walk of the season. You know, his first walk of the season right. is bases loaded. Bases loaded. You know, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, golly, man. So, you know, and then Adam Duvall coming up and getting the, hitting the double. And that's 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 what's really promising, right? You know, uh, Adam Duvall and, and Dansby, you know, seeing those guys starting to figure some things out, you know, and, and get on some type of tear because we know once Adam Duvall gets on a, gets on a roll, like – he can go and before you know he was traded to the braves last yeah. year he was murdering the Braves. he was just like okay y'all don't want to give me a contract <laughs> oh, right. don't worry about it i got some for you double a alex anthopoulos right. he was killing the braves every opportunity he got so alex anthopoulos was like hey man come on come on come on over to this squad so i want to see that adam duvall the adam duvall kind of got a little chip on his shoulder saying you know what you know, y'all thought I was gone, but nah, I'm back, man. And and I think that you know, I would love to see Adam Duvall go on, get on get going on the roll, and, and and see where this thing can go because we know once this team gets hot, like this is one of the better one of the better teams 
uh, and runners hitting runners in scoring position last year, and that's yes. why it's been so crazy watching them how they've been performing in those situations this year. But we know once they get going, like it can get real ugly for the imposed team. That's for sure. Yeah, we and we we hope so because, as we said, as we always say, yeah, baseball season kind of doesn't get going in terms of the competitive spirit of it until after Memorial Day. But I think because the Braves had such a slow start, that kind of had us looking with we're going to say slight concern because Jarvis and I were never worried about the Braves, right. by the way, but just slight concern that they were so slow out of the gates, although it was this early. And now we're seeing that that's all it should have been was just slight concern because we're seeing slowly but surely everybody kind of getting back to form in some way, shape or form, which is great. And got to give credit to Brian Sticker as well, because again, he came into this series with some serious gamesmanship, right? The way mm -hmm. he ended the last series in terms of putting Kyle Muller on the mound, because he looked at the importance of this four game set against the Mets and said, right. I'm going to position myself with my starters to be able to at a minimum, and I'm sure, of course, you always want to win the series. You always want to sweep the series if you can. But at a minimum, what is it going to take for me to walk out of Queens with a split? And the game plan that he put together is what got him the split. Now, he hasn't decided yet who's going to get the start for the opening game of the series against the Brewers tomorrow night. But I suspect that with the wonderful gamesmanship that we saw him show in this particular series, that we're going to see him gamesman uh, be a gamesman again because what do you want to do Jarvis you want to build on this momentum as you head back to Truist Park no doubt about it and and that's the thing like especially when you got, got Hank Aaron being appreciated yeah. you know over the weekend all of the events that's going on yeah. going down with that I, I think that this is something they're expecting some huge crowds at Truist Park so it, it would be hoof them to go and get some dubs, go and get some wins and start and, and get on a winning streak. Cause that, yeah. you know, baseball is up and down. We know that and the Braves have been kind of down, uh, mostly, um, you know, average. Um, let me, let me say that average, they've been average and, yeah. and below averages too. You know, they can throw that in there as well. I'm just throwing all type of words out there, <laughs> but <laughs> the Braves have been all the above. How about that? Um, so that I think that it would be good for them to, to go ahead and get a, a win starting on Friday night. Yeah, I, I like it as well. And uh, like you said, such an exciting weekend that they're going to have at Truist Park. Always want to represent for Hank Aaron in a good way. And how best to represent him? With a win, starting the series, and a win of the series. Now, when we come back in For the Culture, we're going to talk about somebody who, even if it's being petty, he's always thinking about how he can one-up you and win. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about a guy who is definitely winning in the game that he's playing, the game of basketball, but has also been instrumental in helping another school, another HBCU, and another program get some wins as well. So come back on the other side. We'll talk about it in For the Culture. It is ATL Day Was with Jarvis and Tanitra. We are back, and we want to thank you for joining us throughout the day. We are on a, this is, you know, a thirsty Thursday. So we are thirsting for some, some good culture talk right here on For the Culture, where it is the mix of sports, entertainment, and the culture. All of that put together. We just rub it all in for about a good seven or eight minutes. But <laughs> today we have some very interesting uh, news. Um, Drake, 
you know, we all know Drake, you know, popular rapper slash singer, you know, a lot of people kind of, either you, it, it seems like he's either one way or the other with him. There's no in between. Like, either yeah. you hate him or you love him. I ain't going to say I love him, but, you know, I actually, I like him. But, you know, everybody else, you know, it kind of like, you know, it's just, you know, Drake. He's Drake. He puts out some good music. I like his music. You know, I don't know about the stuff he's put out lately, but I'm, I rock with him. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a discussion about, you know, John, you know, John Morant and, you know, his father, T. Morant, have been on display in the playoffs and, you know, T. Moran is very outgoing. Seem, you know, he, he chopped it up with uh, some of the players' opponents. You know, and he's the, I even saw him on the sidelines talking to Steph Curry, you know, dropping him some little OG types, you know, get a little OG talk, right? So, right, right. Uh, so uh, Drake went on, on Instagram and he made a comment. He said, he said, imagine your son makes the league and he's Ja or Melo or Alonzo. All you can do is be elated and competitive and over-supportive. And it's a mm-hmm. rite of passage to that. The OGs talk crap. I know I'm be this way even if my son is in a Rubik's Cube competition. So, right. you know, Drake's saying, you know, he admires. He admires, you know, what uh, Lonzo Ball has done and T. Miranda, there he's doing. You know, I just supporting his sons, you know, supporting his family, right? So, you know, uh, some dude by the name of Seti Bo underscore Y Bagnum. I don't know why I try to pronounce that. He's one of these weird IG names. You know how those are. Uh, He said, he said, he said, your son probably, P-R-O-L-L-Y, your son probably play with ghostwriters. So that was kind of a little shot at Drake because, you know, there's been rumors that he has ghostwriters and he doesn't write his own raps, whatever, whatever. Everybody got ghostwriters. Who cares? You know, he he knows how to relate a message, you know. (laughs) So, hey, it it sounds good on that end. So I really don't too much care about that. So he tried to take a little shot at the man. Right. So, you know, Drake, petty man he is, he comes back. He said, I just followed your girl. Cause she's probably miserable and needs some excitement in, in her life. So, you know, I, right. some people may look at that statement and say more than likely, uh, he's not going to really do that. Is he? Right. He did. He did. And he slid in her D he followed her slid in her DMS and said, quote, I'm here for you, ma T what, like, what is this dude doing? Well, so <laughs> Drizzy going all into the DMs, just right. trying to see what's going on. But and the man, and it's not just his girlfriend; he's married. It's his, it's his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, however, however, <laughs> you should have kept your commentary to yourself because you low key went after his kid. So yeah. because you low key went after his kid, that kind of equates to him being able to go after your wife. Yeah, I mean, maybe you should just watch yeah. your mouth and like it was an unnecessary comment from dude, right? And <laughs> right. okay, yeah. now this yeah, he, he was being a troll. Like, He's been a troll. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. troll, so you you can't get mad if he trolls. Now, when I read the rest of the article, it said that the guy took it in jest. You know, he didn't take it as a big deal that Drake uh, followed his wife and slid into the DMs. He just kind of played it off and moved on. But I'm like, okay, you keep messing with Drake. Drake is about to be a Mr. Steal Your Wife. You, you keep this up, bro. Like, you don't want that smoke. You really, really don't want that smoke. 
<laughs> but That's the thing what I was thinking. That, but the thing that tripped me out though, right? This was this was the kicker in the whole story. So she screamed, she saw that he Champagne Poppy, that's his name on IG. She saw that he he followed her. She posted a screenshot talking about, ooh, look who followed me. And I'm just like, hold on. Now I'm like, There now, you go. Now that, that, that that's where they crossed the line. And I was like, all right, two men go taking shots at each other. You know, the brother, he was laughing about it. He like, man, this dude really followed my follow my wife. But you know, wife was over here like yeah look who followed me he 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 crazy don't be, kiki don't be like don't be kiki kin over here you talk, talk about some somebody don't follow you now like come on now like now you know these two men they hashed it out then you know shot back at you i take a shot you take a shot okay cool we we laugh about it but ain't no wife about to be up here talking about some kiki kin talking about oh look who followed me no guess, man don't do guess that what? guess what jarvis that's uh -huh. not drake's problem that's not <laughs> his problem. He didn't sign the. He didn't sign the certificate of marriage. So, so that's just not here for so, all none of that. So, no, bro, you should have kept your mouth shut. Like, like he no said sympathy. In his, like he said in his DM note, exactly. Keep, keep your mouth shut. Shut it. Shut it. Because guess what? You went oh out there, God. and then he came oh back and man. told your wife, "I'm here for you." That was part of the <laughs> message. And then she pops back and screenshots the fact that he's he followed her. Um, there may be some counseling you all need to seek. Maybe you need to take a pause to social media and maybe you need to go be concerned about what's going on in your marriage. I'm just saying. Oh my God, man. Uh, speaking of concern, uh, Steph Curry, he was concerned about Howard's um, golf program that did not yeah. exist. So he's a few years ago, he invested some money into it. And I thought this was one of just the coolest things um, that, that I came across, right? Because, you know, me, I'm a, I'm not an avid golfer, but you know I'm a casual golfer. I, I like playing <laughs> golf, and I'll watch it from time to time. But I just really enjoy getting out there. But you know, to to see how Steph Curry was invested in them, you know, and the men's and women's golf program, right? Yeah. And this week, uh, T. Howard University alum Gregory Odom Jr. He made his tour debut this weekend, yeah. so it is something else. And then um, Steph Curry said that he has an amazing talent to get him on the PGA Tour to get some experience, continue to wave the Howard flag. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for him. So, kudos to Steph Curry, man. That dude just no can't do no wrong, right? <laughs> no question. And it also goes to show, and you can attest to this as a former HBCU athlete, that if given the right tools and resources our HBCU athletes can indeed thrive. Yes, yes, Greg Odom yes, Jr. Yes. had the talent, had the talent, just needed the means and the wherewithal from Howard University or and, and a benefactor like a Steph Curry to put him in position to succeed. He did that three years ago, and now we're seeing some positives from the fruit of his labor. So again, it just goes to show you, and sometimes Jarvis asks me to do the benediction, so I'm gonna do pre-benediction here. No to you, HBCU alumni. Wow. Can you please, can you please donate to your universities like I do? Because uh -oh. I don't care if it's $5. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I'm yes. bragging. Uh, and it's I'm not, not a lot, by the way. Once Jarvis and I, you know, we blow up and we get our next 15, you know, gigs or whatever, then we're going to really give some money. But Indeed. for now, it's as small as your Starbucks coffee for a week. 
stop drinking the Starbucks for a week. Send that check. You know what that does? That gets a kid one step closer to graduating, right? Because there mm. are these senior um, accounts, if you will, that are created, like these senior campaigns to make sure that these kids have a zero balance so they can graduate. Or yep. it could give a kid an opportunity to complete an application and uh, have their application fee paid for, if you will. There are so many different ways that we can influence and impact our HBCUs. Start with your alma mater. Or if you went to a PWI, but you have love for HBCUs, that would be predominantly white institutions. But if you have love for and appreciate what a historically black college or university can do, be a Steph Curry in your own way. Mm -hmm. There is an amazing way that you can contribute to and support these pillars of our community. Because when black excellence comes forth from these HBCUs, I promise you, as Greg Odom Jr. can attest to in do being on the uh, PGA tour now, it can impact the community overall in a good way. No doubt about it. And man, I feel, I'm feeling guilty. Like I wanna go, I wanna go, I wanna testify. Like I ain't been doing right. I ain't been giving back to my school. I'm up yeah. here. Like, I need to get. I need to get my life together. I'm a change. I'm yes. a change. I promise. I promise. I'm gonna just figure it out. Don't get that Krispy Kreme cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch donut. The next oh, time Lord. you pull up, just pass by and just go on and give that money to Albany State. Trust no and doubt. believe it helps. Yes, yes, it helps. Thank you, thank you so much, T, for that. Um, I needed that. Oh man, I feel like we're in the vestibule at the church. It's like, man, I need to hear that word today. <laughs> All right, guys, we are done here with us reminding yes, we're you done. what it is that you should do with your life we're and your Okay, tomorrow we'll come back and tell you other ways that you can enhance your life and the lives of others. <laughs> but also, we hope to be able to talk to you guys about a little preview of what the Braves are going to do back home this weekend, starting a weekend series with the Brewers. And of course, if there's any news popping out of Flowery Branch, we got you here. If there's any news coming out of State Farm Arena, we got you here. And we'll do a sneak peek into another team that plays at the Gateway Center. Now, they're not going to be home this weekend, but they will certainly be kicking off their 2022 campaign season Saturday. And we're going to talk about it with you guys on Friday. Come back for ATL Day 1s on Friday as your first option. And as always, as your second option, why not check out A to Z with Mark Zeno? See you guys tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>